welcome to The Being Leader. I'm Annabel Graham. Welcome to this episode of The Being Leader, the podcast that discusses how we need to show up and be as leaders, reflecting on what impacts our behaviours, our relationships and our outcomes, and allows us to focus more on our approach to leading ourselves, our teams and our organisations. So a couple of session, episodes ago, we started our series of sessions that focus on teams. And we talked about trust and that really specific type of trust that we need in teams to enable us to work effectively. The type where we can feel psychologically safe and be willing to be vulnerable and say, do you know, I don't know. And that it's okay to do that. Now today I want to sharpen the lens on the two things trust enables in teams, and that's conflict and commitment. As without trust, neither of these happen. So let's deal with conflict first. So when we say conflict, that very word tends to put the fear of God in people and really bring them out in hives. But what do we mean by conflict? Because there are so many definitions. So I ask this question quite frequently, actually, either in team days or when I'm doing training on how to handle conflict or being assertive and we get two or three different routes of definitions so for some people it brings to mind war fighting something that's catastrophic and and is to be avoided and really shouldn't exist and and in their mind it's super violent for others it's it's discomfort it's disagreement upset lack of harmony and and there's a different avoidance from conflict from that point of view. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to upset people. I don't want to feel that they don't like me. So that's that bit of conflict. But for other people, they love it. You know, it's challenge, it's debate, it's exciting. It's about discovery and finding out new things. So we have a hugely different view of what conflict means. And when we think about conflict within the workplace, however, you know, within our teams, it becomes a very different story. Now, in some ways, I really wish that it was outright war. You know, I wish we had the first definition and people were screaming at each other. But you know what? It isn't. No one's having a slanging match or shouting or facing up to each other. They're not doing that at all. No, 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 no. They're just passively, aggressively bitching at each other. You know, most people would say a team which has conflict, an unhealthy conflict at that, is a team when you have all the bad behaviours. You know, where people are disagreeing, they're sniping at each other, they're snarky, they're talking behind each other's back, they're bickering, they don't get on and and they make poor decisions. And those teams can be absolutely hellish to be part of. You know, if you've been part of one, you just hate it. Because we'll be tied that we actually tell, let's call her Marjorie, you know, we'll be tied we tell Marjorie that we disagree with her or we're pissed off with her. Um, about what she's done. No, no, we wouldn't do that. No, we'll wait until she's not there. We'll bitch about her behind her back and tell everybody else we've got a problem with her instead. Or we'll have a snipey Zoom chat about her. We're never really going to be honest. And when we're in meetings, you know, we're not honest either. If we sit together in a room in silence, you know, ideas go out like tumbleweed and instead of going what on earth did you say that for that's ridiculous no we just scribble on our notepad 
or write messages to the other person next to us as if we were in school about how ridiculous that it is rather than speak out. Or if we're on a virtual call, you know, we switch off, we go and do our emails or we go on WhatsApp and we gossip. And because we've not paid any attention, because we've not got into that debate, we make terrible bloody decisions because no one said, why the hell would you do that? That's insane. What are you thinking about? Now think about it. What then would happen if we had healthy conflict? You know, the type where we do sit in meetings, we debate things, we come up with different ideas, we have diverse suggestions. We'd make different, better decisions because we're pulling in different viewpoints from different people and everyone is engaged, they're enthused, they're on board and they're committed. Wouldn't you work, like to work somewhere like that? The reality is we don't have enough healthy conflict within teams, within organisations. Instead, we have the unhealthy type. And that stops people speaking up and it makes them shy away from things. And that means, you know, they don't speak their mind because they don't feel psychologically safe and they don't come up and offer great ideas or suggestions either. So as I go around talking to leaders and organisations, I've had many conversations about why aren't my people not creative? You know, they don't come up with any bright ideas and we ask them, we've put out a suggestion scheme or don't know what else to do, we get nothing back. Now, the reality is probably because they don't feel safe. You know, they're worried that if they come up with something, they're going to be laughed at or they'll get judged or that their idea will be dismissed. So they just think, what's the point? Why should I stick my head above water? And if you know in your heart of hearts that that's what happens in your business, then why on earth would your people come up with suggestions and enter into a healthy debate with you? It's like getting it kicked in the teeth. So what is it that stops us? What is that that holds us back from having that healthy conflict, that debate, that challenge? Well, there's a number of things. Two of them are quite big. And from them, the others sort of play out. So the first one is conditioning. You know, we're brought up to believe that we shouldn't speak out, that we shouldn't raise our heads above the parapet, that good children do what they're told and they're seen and not heard, and that we don't speak back to those who are older than us or more senior than us or have been in the business longer than us or are higher up the hierarchy than us. And all of those things we were told as a kid sit in our back, in the back of our mind. So when we go into meetings with the CEO, or the senior director, we feel a little bit intimidated by them. And we remember those words of, oh, good children are seen and not heard, or good people don't, don't challenge their elders, and we don't do it. Or it could be cultural. You know, in some cultures, there is this deferential piece, therefore we don't do it. And linked into that conditioning is dominance dynamics. And this is where the idea of hierarchy can come in. You know, the people at the top who always win or always speak first. Therefore, because they do that, it's their idea that gets put forward. And we feel insecure speaking out against that, pushing against the tide. Or it could be that the people who have more dominant personalities are always the ones who shout the loudest, who get their voice in first, who get listened to. And that means that those people who are a little bit more quiet tend to fade into the background and don't bring their ideas up or speak out. So coming off from those things, we have three or four other issues that can play out. 
So there could be a behavioural tendency. You know, I, I feel uncomfortable in debate. I, I see it as a lack of harmony, that we, you and me, are not getting on. And, and that makes me nervous. That me, makes me feel I've upset you. That puts me into that state of psychological threat and that fight or flight response kicks in. And I don't feel safe anymore and I feel really unsure. So I just go quiet and I don't say anything. There might be a load of stuff going around my head, but it doesn't come out because that fight or flight response has kicked in. Or I could want to please you, so I agree with you, because I think that's how you'll like me. And because I've supported you, it makes me feel safe, therefore I agree. Actually, even though in reality I probably don't. The next thing is, it could be that when anyone speaks up in meetings, we get shut down. We're made to feel small, so therefore, we become again conditioned to, it's not safe to speak up here, so we don't do it. And finally, it could be how we respond. You know, if we are in an environment where debate is challenging and it's fast paced, it could mean you talk over me. You don't invite me in. Therefore, I don't speak because I don't feel I have a voice. My opinion doesn't matter. And when I give it, you don't listen anyway. So just think about those things. Do any of those sound familiar to you? Have you been that person sat in that meeting, feeling any of those things? And are you a leader where you recognize that happening in your meetings, whether they be virtual or face-to-face? -face? And are you the leader who's sitting there going, oh God, I do that. And think about it. Are they some of the reasons that you don't speak up and don't enter into the debate? Do they sound familiar or are there others? And what's the impact then when this happens? What happens when we don't have conflict in teams? Well, we get a knock-on effect. Ideas don't get discussed thoroughly. We go with the first suggestion, which might be based on somebody's opinion or somebody's gut feel. And it might not actually be correct because the reality is we make decisions nine times out of 10 because we feel it's the right thing and we've done it before. But the problem is when we've done it before, we remember the situation, not the environment in which it happened. Therefore, we might have a similar situation now, but the conditions and the environment in which it's happening and the people in which we're involved are completely different. Therefore, actually, we're making the decision based on something that probably isn't going to work because we haven't got the same constituent parts. So that's one thing. The other thing that happens is we fail to get new ideas, new ways of thinking, um, and they're not pulled into what we're doing. So we see the same people with the same thoughts leading again and again. And this leads to a lack of diversity of thought, lack of newness. We end up with groupthink. Or worse, we end up with one person thinking. And we are never that cleverest person. You will never make great decisions purely off a single mind. And the third, the third thing is, is people fail to commit to decisions because they don't believe in the course of action that we're taking and then they leave the meeting, they grumble about it, they moan about it, they go passive aggressive again. The lack of debate fails to encourage commitment. We don't feel valued, so we don't see the point in committing and we don't buy into the ideas at all. And because we don't, we ignore the actions. We fail to carry them out or worse, we actively attempt to subvert them. So this is where conflict and commitment starts to be so intrinsically linked. 
Because when we don't commit, because our meetings are rubbish, we skip through the agenda, we lose focus, we fail to agree actions, we definitely fail to follow up on actions and seek buy-in or check out with people that they're agreeing to actions. And that's why we don't achieve things. Because our meetings are rubbish, we don't commit to actions, we don't follow up on them, and we just assume people are going to do them. Or we assume that people have agreed. And not, but it's often, though, it's silence that we're taking as, a, as agreement, nothing else. So what happens when we do have that healthy debate? It's very different. Everyone has a voice. They feel heard. They get to take part. Everyone gets involved in that discussion in the meeting. And remember, we don't need to have a consensus. You know, God, honestly, that's even worse sometimes. The fact that everyone has taken part and feels heard doesn't mean they've all got to agree. But we can debate ideas and get to a point where even if I disagree, I'll commit. As I've had my say and I feel like you've listened. That's the first thing. Everyone has a voice. Secondly, new ideas get brought in, new ways of thinking. And this leads to true collaboration, to people sharing, to being creative. And it brings new outcomes and successes which people wouldn't have thought of on their own. Fabulous. And from that then, relationships improve. People become more confident, they're engaged and they weigh in. Then, because we feel safe in the debate, we no longer think it's conflict. We see it as discussion, healthy discussion. And that's something that leads to better ideas and outcomes that we're committed to, out, to the outcome because we've had the discussion, because we've had the debate. And because we've committed to it, because we've had the debate, and because we see it as healthy, we support each other because we all feel part of it. We feel like we've been included. We feel safe in the group. So what if we had teams and workplaces where the latter happened, where that type of conflict took place, where everyone felt they had a voice that would be listened to, and that it was okay to speak up. You know, we all know what that feels like. We've all been in that environment. That's what happens when we go to the pub with mates. And we have that banter and that debate. And, you know, we can have a massive row about something. But actually, you all leave in a good mood. Still liking, still respecting, still getting on with each other. It's doable. We recognise that behaviour. We know what it feels like. We just need to recreate it in the workplace. Without the alcohol. Because when we're a team who is able to debate, we get things sorted, we're more effective, we get buy-in and commitment and the bitching stops. So I want you to think about your team. Who stops people speaking up? Who stops them feeling safe? What stops you being that person who speaks up and being open to new ideas? What do you need to agree as a team? And what does healthy conflict look like for you? And how can you make challenge and debate okay and part of everything that you do? Look, I hope this episode's been useful to you and I hope it's given you some ideas to go in and think about and really challenge about how your team's working. If you liked it, go back and listen to the episode on trust, um, if you haven't already. Because without trust, commitment and conflict just won't work. And if you've got trust, then discuss this with your team and send it to your colleagues and friends because they might find it useful too. Thanks for listening to The Being Leader.